Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Sarah Dinges. And I'm Laura Austin. We are joined today by Harry Osterman, Alderman of the 48th Ward, which includes the communities of Edgewater, Andersonville, and Uptown's Argyle Street. Alderman Osterman is a lifelong resident of the 48th Ward, and prior to becoming Alderman in 2011, Harry served in Springfield for 11 years as State Representative of the 14th District. He is known for his boots-on-ground public service, focusing on improving public safety, local neighborhood schools, and supporting small businesses. Harry makes the communities he serves healthy, happy places to live, no matter who you are and where you're from. Welcome, Harry. Welcome. We know you are very busy and we appreciate you being here. How's your day going? My day is going great. I stopped at uh, Women's Children's and First and picked up a book uh, called The Higher Loyalty by James Comey, former FBI director. I think and I've heard of that. It's, uh, it's in the news. <laughs> so because this podcast is called Always Andersonville, the podcast, we should start by asking you about your connection to Andersonville. We understand that once you lived on Summerdale. And what was the neighborhood like then? And how have you seen it change? So uh, I grew up in Edgewater near Sen High School. And then after college, I lived on three streets in Andersonville. I loved Andersonville so much. Uh, I lived on Summerdale. Uh, Belmoral and Catalpa, and then I moved back to Edgewater. But um, I've had a strong connection my whole life. Um, you know, years ago, my mom was the alderman of the 48th Ward, and there was a time where she had an international St. Patrick's Day parade um, right down the middle of Clark Street. But Andersville's always been a phenomenal neighborhood um, with great local business owners who really care about the community. And I think the success that we see. Um, kind of blossoming throughout Uptown, Edgewater, and, and Andersonville, is, I think, um, kind of grew out from the hard work of people here in Andersonville. So it's a great neighborhood. Now my kids who are getting a little bit older are you know, coming up here to go to the businesses. I mean, I feel like that's something we should bring back, the International St. Patrick's Day Parade. We should absolutely bring back the International St. Patrick's Day Parade. There was a young woman who was a, uh, an American Indian who was the... Um, the queen of the parade. So a very diverse uh, parade and uh, something we could work on together. Well, Harry, you prioritize improving public safety, and this dates back to your days in Springfield when you worked to close the gun show loophole and secured funding for security cameras at CTA stations. As aldermen, you host 100 events every summer to create safe spaces and build relationships between the youth and police. What is your vision for a safe community and a safe Chicago? So um, I've always been a huge believer that public safety is the number one priority. And you can have great schools and great businesses, but if people don't feel safe walking down the street or going, sending their kids to school, it undercuts the community, it undercuts the city of Chicago. So I've always made a priority of making it safe within our neighborhood. And over time, um, we have really done a good job working side by side with the police and local residents and local business owners to make it safer here. But it's something that I'm constantly vigilant on because um, bad things happen you know, all the time. So we work locally uh, to make sure we have safe buildings, safe businesses, uh, focus on areas where we have any gang activity, and we really try to empower residents to call the police or call our office, and really we then try to problem solve. Um, in the summertime, we also host 100 events, and it's community-building events like Caps Night Out, which we do at two locations, one at Thorndale and Winthrop at Swift School and one at Buttercup Park in Uptown, to really bring neighbors together together. Um, 
to really support youth, you know, the youth are out there with the police, so it builds a better relationship with Chicago police officers and youth in the community, but also it creates a safe place for people. And um, that's an empowering thing for the community and something that we really work on. Um, right now where we are in the city of Chicago, we have huge safety issues. And um, it's not just enough for us to have a safe community in Andersonville and Edgewater and Uptown. we got to make sure that the entire city sees that safety. So I'm working to try to um, work to find ways to increase safety around the city. One of the big issues that I'll be working on is um, trying to have more police accountability. Um, There's some proposals that we're working through city council uh, to do that. Um, But it's also creating economic development so that, you know, there are job opportunities and also great schools around the city that can make every neighborhood safe. And if we can do that, um, that affects us in a positive way as well. So keeps us very, very busy. But I think when people work together, we can make a big difference. And out of that vision that you had uh, grew the Argyle Night Market, which is an event in Uptown that you helped create. Can you tell us more about the work you've done on Argyle Street um, between launching the Night Market and also building Chicago's first ever shared street? Um, So again, uh, I'm a big believer when people come together, that adds safety. And I I remember years ago, there used to be a foot patrolman on Clark Street in Andersonville when we didn't have as many great thriving businesses. When you have great thriving businesses, people come here, they walk the streets, them being here, their presence adds to safety. So Argyle Street is a a really uh, interesting street within our community with many Asian restaurants, Vietnamese, Chinese restaurants. And Part of our goal was to physically bring people to the street. We had issues with people that were drinking in public and some gang activity. Um, So the thought came, how do we get people to the street? And we decided on, uh, and Sarah was instrumental in helping me with this, is to bring people on Thursday nights in the summer to the Argyle Night Market. And we had food vendors, very similar to the Farmer's Market in Andersonville. Um, But we had music, entertainment, entertainment. A lot of, you know, really uh, dynamic food vendors. And last year, the first night, we had 5,000 people. 5,000 people on a part of the street that few people would walk past pretty quickly. And that helped local businesses. It also showed many people Argyle Street for the first time. So that's something we've been working on. Um, That led to a streetscape that had been dormant for many, many years, the idea of it. And over a number of years, we rebuilt the street, but did it in a paved, um, almost like a patio where um, people could ride their bike, walk, park safely, but it created a place where people would slow down and slow down to walk and enjoy the businesses or slow down to drive their car or ride their bike. And since then, it's been a really positive um, development for our community. Safety there isn't improved. There's a new uh, video that was just done by Chicago Police Department highlighting the relationship with the police foot patrolmen and, and the area businesses. So it's a great model and I think something that other neighborhoods could look at to replicate. We're so fortunate to have these vibrant places in our community Um, And speaking of another one, you have worked for many, many years to support Sen High School, our neighborhood high school. How has Sen evolved over the years? So Sen, um, Sen, you know, back in the 50s and 60s was like um, a school that everyone aspired to go to. And there was periods of time since then that it, it wasn't that way. Um, over the last 20 years, I think the principals of SEND, the educators, the teachers there, 
and the real demand from the community. I think um, people want to stay in Andersonville. They want to stay in Edgewater and Uptown. And one of the things that drives people out of the city of Chicago is when they don't have quality schools. And trying to make sure that Sen High School was a dynamic school where families could send their kids to and the kids could get a great education, go on to college, go on to get a job. Um, so we really worked to support Sen. Um, we were able to help get a fine arts academy within the school that has unbelievable performances by students who then go on to um, perform in college at, in university programs. Um, they've got a great IB program, International Baccalaureate Program. And one of the things that we did was connect Pierce Grade School with SEN. So Pierce's IB program from kindergarten all the way through eighth grade and then links into SEN High School. So there's a strong relationship between um, Pierce Grade School and SEN High School. And SEN continues on a year-to-year -year basis to get better. So uh, there's a dynamic principal there, Mary Beck, right now. And we're trying to find ways, to, again, to get people to want to go to SEN. Um, we're doing a $3 million capital improvement inside the school this summer um, to do, you know, fix a 100-year-old building. But it's always a work in progress. And I think um, you know, Andersonville Chamber of Commerce is partnering with SEN on some things with Midsummerfest, but trying to find ways that local businesses can support the schools is really critical for keeping people within a community. And Michael Roper, when it's his turn for a podcast, will <laughs> talk about that. But um, you know, Andersonville businesses have really, you know, stepped up to help Pierce, Sen, and other schools. And that's good for our community. And I think the alderman in my role is to really be the supporter of that and the connector and um, something we're going to continue to work on. And thanks for the plug for Midsummer Fest. We're really excited to partner with SEN this year. And um, a portion of the proceeds at every gate will go back to SEN High School. So we're really excited about that. So in 2011, you traveled to Copenhagen with a delegation of other aldermen and officials from CDOT. What did you experience on that trip in terms of cycling and transportation, and how has that experience informed the vision you have, and how did that influence the Glenwood Greenway project? So the one regret I have on that trip is that there's a bridge that goes to Sweden, and being representing uh, Andersonville, I, I feel like I should have gone across the bridge to Sweden, but I'm going to plan a trip back there with my family. Um, Copenhagen is an amazing place, and Denmark's an amazing place, where they really have, for many, many years, um, supported cycling over automobile use. And um, I took a lot of things back from that trip on physical infrastructure and how that can form a community, how it can help make it safer. Um, so some of the things that we did was uh, going back um, at Thorndale, I had a viaduct at the CTA station that was... Um, pretty dark and decrepit, and uh, we made it a bike parking location where people could park their bike, hop on the train, um, but also had it very well lit. We put some public art there. Um, that evolved into the Glenwood Greenway, where Glenwood used to be a two-way street for automobile traffic, and um, what we wanted to do, what would happen on a daily basis before we did the designation was people would ride against traffic. And sometimes they would ride on the east side of the street. Sometimes they would drive on the west side of the street, but it was unsafe. And what we did with this greenway was to basically do a counter lane on the west side of the street and paint it and line it and put signage up to make it safe um, so that people could ride their bike on a big street against traffic but do so safely. 
Um, I really look at that greenway as a connector for um, Edgewater residents to Andersonville. I also look at it as a connector for people that go to school. So there's a young uh, student who lives, um, his family owns a business in South Andersonville, and he goes to school at, at NCA, Northside Catholic Academy, and he is a seventh grader, sixth grader, and he rides his bike to and from school every day. Um, so by doing this, I think it makes people safer within our community. Um, it's a connector to bring people to Andersonville, which I always want to be able to do. And also from, a, I think when you drive your car on Glenwood now, you kind of know where to go. So I think we've, you know, there was a lot of community uh, input ahead of it. You know, I'm a big believer in making sure people have a chance to weigh in on these things. Um, but it's been a success. From that now, we're actually, the city of Chicago has looked at the 48th Ward to do a map and grid out all of the streets throughout the ward. So we're going to be doing some additional extensions of bike lanes on um, Kenmore and Winthrop this year and also looking for future developments related to uh, east-west connections to get people off the lakefront path and get them up to Andersonville. That's great. That's a really nice street to ride on. So you are currently also working very closely with the CTA on the red purple modernization project, which will rebuild the North Red Line from Lawrence to Bryn Mawr, the CTA's largest capital project. What does this project mean for our community? It means when it's done, it's gonna, we're going to have a stable CTA system for the next 100 years. Uh, but part of where we are right now is in this window of pre-construction and then the construction. So having gone through CTA construction, I'm preparing for the worst. And what we have done is, is bring leaders together and business leaders together to really think about what the effects of the construction will be once it starts. We don't expect the construction is going to start until 2020, 2021. Um, when it does, Berwyn Station will be closed for a number of years. Um, Bryn Mawr will stay open, but it'll be one way downtown for half the project, one way north for the other half of the project. Um, so we're really trying to think in, in creative ways what we can do to support the business community now and also prepare for when construction is going on. How do we get people who usually get off at Berwyn, how do we get them you know, from a, a new station to come up to Andersonville? So we're thinking through the ways to do this. When it's done, it's going to be, um, we're going to have brand new stations similar to the stations at Wilson, Belmont, and Fullerton. The infrastructure and the embankment will be done as well. Um, we're also trying to find ways to connect local businesses uh, during this construction, um, whether they're subcontractors for, for services. So we're going to be doing job fairs related to this and service fairs uh, to try to make sure that this $2 billion project um, can benefit our entire community. But it's going to be a lot of dust. It's going to be a lot of construction. Um, but, you know, like with everything, we're going get to get through it as a community together. I've heard you mention at community meetings that President Obama secured the funding for this project before leaving office. And you were an early supporter of then Senator Obama. You helped knock on doors to spread the word. What was that experience like and what drew you in as an early supporter of Barack Obama? So um, President Obama and I um, served in Springfield together. I was a state representative and he was a state senator. And um, it was t during the time of the Iraq war. And um, there were a number of candidates running for U.S. Senate. But um, Barack Obama was someone who I saw who had the leadership in a very challenging time in our country's history. And um, 
supported him. And um, some of the, the, the funner times on the campaign were to bring him, um, as well as his wife, Michelle, up to campaign in Andersonville. So um, I remember taking Michelle to the old Charlie's Ale House uh, during a lunch day, and um, uh, she got a lot of votes. Um, proud to say that our community uh, you know, supported him in, in very big numbers and and he actually came back to the Broadway Armory um, after he won the, the primary um, and had a big rally there. And actually at that time at the rally, and he was not even elected U.S. Senator, there were people bringing up signs saying, you know, President Obama. But um, he was an amazing president, uh, an amazing leader. I think him and his wife, Michelle, um, especially are people that, um, you know, the country looks up to. And we need leaders like that. And uh, was very happy to uh, have supported him. Absolutely. You have been an elected official for nearly 20 years, but were raised very close to public service as your mom, Kathy, was alderman in the late 80s. What did you learn from your mom and how to serve in the community? Um, a couple things. I learned a lot. I learned everything from my mom. I learned about friendships. I learned about loyalty. I learned about supporting community. Um, you know, uh, I've got photos of her when she was alderman uh, up in Andersonville, and uh, she was very hands-on. I've tried to model myself like that, but I really learned, you know, before she was an elected alderman, she was a community organizer, and she was devoted to making our neighborhood a better place for myself, my brother, our friends, and kids in the neighborhood, and um, saw how she worked side-by-side -side with people um, around the kitchen table to get things done. So... That has always been a, um, a guiding light for me and how um, I should serve our community. And so I like to pride myself on being very hands-on, uh, listening to problems big and small. My staff and I work to make sure that we're dealing with the small things that people bring to us because it's, it's important to residents. And um, I really want to make sure that people stay in this community. I really want to make sure that people... Um, have great lives in this community. I want to make sure the businesses are able to survive. Uh, I know how hard it is from talking to businesses. It is when the city um, casts red tape. So my staff and I try to make sure that we're supporting the business community, working with the chambers of commerce, because that adds to the overall quality of life in the community, as well as people spending their money and not going to um, Alexa or Siri, uh, but mm -hmm. to walk up and spend money in Andersonville and other parts of our, our neighborhood. So um, we've got a lot of really good days ahead of us, but it's, it's again, it's, it's what we can do together. And, um, you know, everyone's got a stake in it. So there's a drawing by your son hanging on your office wall that reads, the rule I follow at work, don't crash the plane. What does this simple yet profound statement mean to you in your current position as alderman? And how can we as citizens of the world also help to not crash the plane? Uh, that, well, my son, Jack, um, who's an eighth grader, did that uh, a long time ago. And it's a simple reminder to, um, total, to not screw up and make terrible decisions. That, uh, you know, um, so I think one of the things that, that is important for me as a leader is to listen to people and to have community involvement. Um, it's really important that residents of a community and citizens, whether it's on a national issue or a local issue, are part of the solution. And um, it means people gotta get involved. So I think we really try to foster people's feedback. Um, 
recently we helped uh, preserve a uh, 100-year-old building on, uh, on uh, Berwyn Avenue, 1436 West Berwyn. That was totally driven by local residents that didn't want to see an iconic Andersonville building knocked down. So it's important for people to really get involved, and it's important for leaders to welcome that involvement and listen to people. And I think given the things that we're seeing on a national scale with our current president um, and just international issues that are going on, but even poverty at home, poverty in Chicago, violence in Chicago, um, I think everybody can find a way to get involved. And I think you know that's a really, really important thing. And it's a value that I try to teach to my kids. But I have that staring at me on the wall um, every day, and I try not to do do big, stupid things. So, <laughs> and you've touched on this a bit, um, but the the notion of public service has really changed over the years. And I think it's easy in our current national climate to feel discouraged um, and to feel a little bit defeated. So what keeps you motivated each day or what would you offer to our listeners to keep them motivated and to keep going and try to impact change? So for me, what keeps me motivated each day is just doing the good work in the community. And I think, um, there's a lot of people who came before me, um, people like Marion Vellini and Marianne Smith, um, other people who were leaders who got involved. And so that responsibility of all the work that they did kind of leading our community before I got there to me is kind of like, it's, um, I feel that responsibility, but it's, it's the hard work that I see daily by business owners, by the police, by school teachers. So I want to make sure that city government is working as hard as all of them. Um, it's very easy to get discouraged when you see bad things going on. But it's really important for people to um, get involved. And, and whether it's working on a campaign, whether it's uh, you know volunteering at Care for Real, whatever it might be, um, I think you, we all basically make the world we want to live in. And I think um, the community we have in Andersonville is symbolic of that. I think it's because a lot of people work really, really hard all the time that we have the neighborhood that we have. And um, I think it's, a, it's an ongoing thing, and I think it's important for people to get involved. So I think um, some of the national things that are going on with our president um, is, is, is getting people engaged. And I think that's a great thing, and I think it's, just, it's trying to find ways nationally, locally, to, to make a difference. And I think um, if people do that, um, you know, we'll have a better world. Well, if you could trade places with one Andersonville business owner and run their business for a day, who would you choose? Oh, man. That is a great question. Um, well, there's 52 weeks in a year, so I think I'd try to do it, you know, a different business every day. Um, but I, I, I am an, I'm an old school guy, and I've lived here my whole life, and, and Kalo Restaurant is, uh, is, you know, it's been around for a long time, longer than I've been around. So if I could run a restaurant or business for a day, it'd probably be to be Vic, you know, at, uh, at Kalo um, for a night. But I would be totally exhausted. Um, but we have so many great businesses in our community, that, and the resident and the business owners work so hard. Um, you know, it's a really special place. And I, I really consider myself fortunate and lucky to be able to uh, represent a community like this. So it's, uh, um, you know, a lot of great businesses, a lot of hardworking people, and um, consider myself very fortunate. 
So one final question. What was more exciting and or stressful watching the Loyola Ramblers in the final four or game seven of the Cubs World Series? So um, final four was amazing. Uh, I was actually down in Florida with 60 people from Chicago uh, that were down in Florida, different places, but ended up at a, at a, at a location to watch the game. It was fun. Um, 100 years without a World Series was a wait. And um, the excitement of the World Series game was phenomenal, too. And then we watched it at my house with uh, my sons and a bunch of their buddies. And uh, to watch the celebration afterwards um, of kids and adults jumping around was phenomenal. But, you know, most Chicago people know and sports fans know that it's never over till it's over. So when the... the uh, the Cleveland Indian hit the tying home run against uh, Chapman. It was it was every every uh, every thought of being a kid and watching the Cubs blow uh, you know a save in the, the the ninth inning came rushing back. But um, it's a fun time to be a sports fan in Chicago, and uh, hopefully some more wins uh, this summer down the street you know, from Wrigley Field. Well, thank you for joining us, Harry. You can learn more about the 48th Ward and the work Alderman Harry Osterman does at 48thward.org, where you can also sign up for his weekly newsletter. For show notes, please visit andersonville.org. Always Andersonville, the podcast, is engineered and edited by Andy Miles in Studio C at Transistor, a gallery, shop, performance, recording, and teaching space located at 5224 North Clark Street. Have your own podcast idea? The studio is available to rent. Please call 872-208-5877 or stop by the store for details.